something that we are called to do, not just on one day throughout the year, but followers of Jesus are to give thanks to God regularly and always. This is something that should be a marker of the, uh, of the Christian life. And this should happen for us, not just when things are going well in our life or when our perception of life uh, is is that things are, are going well. But all the time throughout Scripture, we are told to do this. Some of the times in the New Testament in particular that we are told to give thanks, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians 5, second half of verse 19 to 20, it says, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians 3 verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Philippians 4 verses 4 to 6, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I love reflecting on verses like this, and I love thinking about my own life and, uh, and just thinking, yes, this is what my life should be, should be looking like, but if I'm honest... There are multiple moments through my own life where my first reaction is not to give thanks to God in all circumstances. A few days ago, when I walked into my room and I kicked my little toe on the bed, my first reaction was not to say, thank you, Lord. You are teaching me perseverance right now. A couple of weeks ago, when I got my 7-Eleven coffee, pulled it out, and I dropped it just as I was heading into the car, my first reaction was not, thank you, Lord. You're building character within me. I praise you for the good things that you have done. In life, we don't always feel like in every situation, by prayer and petition, we will give thanks to God. And I'm sure that for many of you, even right now, you might be going through situations or circumstances within your own lives where you might be thinking that this feels impossible. Giving thanksgiving to God, for some of you right now, might feel immensely difficult. And personally, I find some of the writings of Paul in moments like this, they can feel, it can almost feel like there might be a disconnect between Paul's experience and what he is calling the church to do. But one thing that we have to remember when we come to passages like we have just read, those four different passages, one of the things that we have to remember is that the context that Paul was writing into was a context of suffering and persecution and difficulty. When he is calling these people to give thanks, he is perfectly aware that they are going through hardship in their life. They would not have felt like being thankful for what they were going through. And yet it is communicated to them that they should be thankful despite what they are going through. Thankfulness 
is supposed to be a regular part of the everyday life of the believer. And today, I just want to spend some quick moments right at the start of our time together, speaking uh, from Scripture, from a, a Psalm, Psalm 136, about how we might be able to make this a reality in our life. Now, Psalm 136, if you've got your Bibles open up to there, Psalm 136 is not supposed to be read just from the front. And, uh, and sometimes we might feel like church can become a, a spectator sport, but it's not going to happen this morning. You are going to have a role here as I'm reading scripture this morning. There is a, a line that is going to be read and then uh, every single verse, there is also a phrase that says, his love endures forever. And it's your role, church, to say that together. Every single, line, every single time there's that line, his love endures forever, that's your role to say that, okay? And say it loudly and proudly. We're declaring this as, as God's people. Let's read this together. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. To him alone does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Don't lose energy here. We can keep going. We've still got a while to go. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day the moon and stars to govern the night. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness. To him who struck down great kings. And killed mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan. And gave their land as an inheritance an inheritance to his servant Israel. He remembered us in our low estate and freed us from our enemies. He gives food to every creature. Let's finish strong here. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Amen. God's love endures forever, for all of eternity, from the beginning of all things, God has been an immensely loving God, and he will continue to be the loving God that he is for all of eternity. And there are some things that we can read and see through this passage about the love of God in particular that can shape us towards having a more thankful heart. One of the things that you'll notice within this passage that we have just read is that the psalmist's intent is that the reader will be giving thanks 
to God. So you'll see in the first few verses here, in the first three verses, the intent is for thanksgiving to be brought before God. And then in the final verse, once again, thanksgiving is there. So what we see is that the intent of everything else from verses 4 to 25, it should stir something in the hearts of the readers to say, I will thank you, God. You have been good to me. You are worthy of all of my praise because of what you have done. And all of the things that are listed here from verses 4 to 25 in particular, they are things that would have been known by the readers during this time. At the beginning, what, uh, what the psalmist does is they reflect on the creation of God. Then they go on and reflect on the Exodus when Moses led the people out of slavery in Egypt. Goes on then to to reflecting on God guiding the people through the desert. And then uh, the final part of verses 4 to 25 is that it is reflecting on the events of Joshua when God led the people into the promised land and they experienced great victories. But the intent of the psalmist here is not simply to communicate some information to people about historical things that had happened. The goal of the writer here is to communicate the attributes of God that were shown through these events. And in particular, the two attributes that are being shown through verses 4 and 25 are God's goodness and his power. If you look through those verses, you will see again and again God's goodness and his power are focused on. These are focused on clearly in this psalm. And yet, these are still only sub-themes of this psalm. The central theme of this psalm, most of you should be able to pick up on it because you've said it a thousand times, the core theme of this psalm is God's love. It is the love of God that endures forever. This phrase, his love endures forever, it's repeated 26 times to help the reader, who even back then would have been saying this out, to understand it is God's love that is revealed through his goodness and his power. When we see different attributes of God displayed in Scripture, When we see the power of God displayed, when we see his goodness displayed, his faithfulness, his kindness, these are all revelations and expressions of his love. God is a loving God. He has so much love for you and so much love for me. He has love for all of us and his love endures forever. Everything that God does is an act of love for his people. And it's when we begin to understand the immensity of God's love and how it works itself out in everything that God does, that is what should prompt us. That is what should move us to say, thank you, God, even when things don't go our way. Because we know that in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him. Because he loves us, his people. 
when you see the ways that God's power and goodness have been working in your life. You need to know that the reason his goodness and power have been at work is because of his incredible love for you. Um, but some of the things that we are really uh, grateful to God for what he has, has done in our, in our midst is some of the things that have, have started this year. These are things that have been uh, mainly new initiatives begun here at the church. Uh, this year we did run Alpha for, for the first time. And earlier on in the year we began mainly music, which has begun to have a steady increase of, uh, of, of people coming, coming to that. And that's just been a, uh, a real blessing to be able to invest into the people who come to that. Um, a few months ago, we had our 21 days of prayer and fasting where we set aside specific time to pray to God to seek uh, where he could be leading us into the future. In May, we had a focused time around missions uh, for May Missions Month. As Stephen shared earlier, we began our senior services this year. And on Wednesday this past week, we, we had all culminated together um, for our seniors' Christmas celebration. And uh, that's uh, Christmas celebration and these services don't only have people from our church coming to them, but people have been inviting people to come and hear the good news about Jesus. And multiple other things uh, throughout this year, including our church camp and men's breakfast. So we need to give thanks to God for all the ways that he has been at work. He's been at work in these uh, individual things that, is, that have happened. He's been at work in our services as well. Um, I was just looking at our series that we've gone through over this past year and just watching some of the, um, the past things that we've spoken about, um, spoken through, through this year. And I'm excited as well for the ways that God's going to be working in our midst throughout next year. We've already begun planning some of the series that we're going to be looking, um, looking at over next year, and some of those you'll be able to see there on the screen. One of the things I think we need to be constantly giving thanks to God for is the way that we have been kept relatively safe in Queensland from, uh, from COVID. I understand that it has impacted people's lives, but compared to many areas in the world, um, it hasn't impacted us in the same way. And we really do need to be thanking God and praising him for that so much. We also need to be continually praying for those people in our world who it is still affecting. This is still affecting so many people across the globe. And we continue uh, to need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan who are going through persecution right now. And we need to continue to pray for um, all of our brothers and sisters around the world who are going through persecution. So Thanksgiving, yes, we do look back, but it should also stir us on to praying for, for things uh, in the future. One of the things I personally want to give thanks to God for is the way that he has led our staff team here uh, earlier this year. Many of our staff are fairly um, are new this year. I just really want to give praise to God for the way that he has led these godly men and women to be able to lead our church um, in Christ-likeness. I also want to give thanks to God for our church council. Our church council have invested a huge amount of time this year in, um, in seeking God's will for our future. And they have 
um, sought God with, with prayer and wisdom and discussion, and I'm just really grateful for the way that hey, they have uh, demonstrated Christ-likeness. And this has been a bit of a journey that our church council has been going on, is um, discerning and discussing where God could be leading into the future. And we do believe that God has spoken clearly to us. As I said already, we've had 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we... Um, and God spoke to many of us during that time. I just want to take you back to August right now and see, and we can see some of the ways that God spoke to us. Some of the specific words that he said to us will be up there on the screen, is that God is recommissioning us. God is calling us to be a church with open doors that are easy to walk into, a church with soft points. God's calling us to be a hub of community for all. God is calling us to believe really deeply, truly believe that God can and will do more than we can even imagine. God's calling us to throw your old nets away, prepare new nets, fresh ideas, new ideas, and that things will be different, but there will be fresh fire. These are some of the specific words that came from many of you during those 21 days of prayer and fasting. And some of the themes that came through during that time of prayer. So God is calling us to be a church that is equipped and empowered. To be a multi-generational church. A church that is building bridges. A church that builds and spreads. A church that experiences deep community. A church that is bold and courageous in sharing our faith. A church that is a refuge of healing. And a church that is united together. So this is, uh, these are some of the things that we, we believe that God has been, been saying to us through that time of prayer. But God also spoke through you and your heart. And many of the surveys that were filled out, we had a look at and we tried to distill the information that was, uh, that was put in those surveys that we filled out earlier this year. We've also spent time looking at our local area and trying to understand the needs of our, uh, of our local area. And this past Wednesday night, our church council, which is our key uh, governance group here in the church, we met and we had a lot of prayer and discussion and discernment. And we believe that God has spoken to us. And we agree on the vision that God is calling us into. I, uh, I just really give thanks to God for the way that he was even working on Wednesday night through our, our church council. It was a beautiful time of unity um, as, we, as we discussed together. But before we can begin to understand where God is leading us into the future? What is the vision that God has for us of where he is leading us? The first thing that we need to do is understand why do we do what we do? Why does Brackenridge Baptist Church exist? And also, that's one thing that we need to understand. The second thing is we need to understand what is the kind of church that we are going to be known as. We need to define who we are right now. And so why do we do what we do? Why do we exist? And this is what we have prayed about and we feel that God is leading us towards, is that we exist, this church exists, to experience the, and share the life, freedom and hope found in Jesus. This is our mission. This is the why we exist. Now, there is going to be some more that will come out about this a, a little bit later and what this actually means for us. But 
even on the face of this, you might be thinking, why life, freedom, and hope? Throughout Scripture, you will never see words like justification and sanctification and glorification, even though these make people sound extremely intelligent. But these are words, life, freedom, and hope, that we do see regularly throughout Scripture, that when someone comes to Christ and they uh, start their relationship with Jesus, they are brought from death to life. They experience life in Jesus. When we become more like Jesus, it is not us straining and struggling to become more like Jesus. What we are doing is we are casting off the shackles of sin that have held us captive and we are experiencing freedom. But those two things only exist for this life. The other thing that we have is a hope of an eternity with Jesus where There will be no more mourning or crying or pain where there will be the new heavens and the new earth brought together and ultimate hope will be realized in that moment. And we don't just exist to experience this, but we want to share this with those that we come into contact with. Not just through what we do here, but in our everyday lives. We exist to experience and share the life, freedom and hope found in Jesus. And early next year, we will be speaking a lot more about this, particularly from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, if you want to have a look look at that. So this is the first thing that impacts where we will be going in the future, but we also need to acknowledge and celebrate who we are and how God has shaped us. What are the things that makes Brackenridge Baptist Church uniquely us? What is our flavour? What makes us different to so many other places around us? And particularly through the surveys that you filled out throughout, um, throughout August and whatever month comes after that. Oh, I can't remember. I can only remember when you go in order. That's, that's, you're asking too much of me right there. But when you filled out the surveys throughout August and, uh, and September, there were some clear values, some clear things that came out during that time where you spoke and you said, these are the things that we value about being part of this community here. And these five key aspects came out. That here at our church, we value family. We believe that church is more than a place. It is a family where we find our true sense of belonging. We value grace. Everyone is welcome to our church. No matter what your past, or what you've done, or what you've gone through, you are welcome with us. We value diversity. We don't all look the same, and we celebrate that. We see beauty in being united and loving in the midst of our diversity. We value authenticity. We believe in being genuine with one another. We know that church is where we can be our most real and honest selves. And we value advancement. We believe that the church should be on the move. We won't get complacent or comfortable. We will go wherever God calls us to go. 
And we are going to be speaking more about this, um, particularly earlier on next year from the 30th of January. Uh, This is a day that I'm really looking forward to, Vision Sunday on the 30th of January. And you are all invited to come along and be a part of that as we explore more in depth about our, uh, our future together based on this as our foundation. With a new understanding of our mission of experiencing and sharing the life, freedom and hope found in Jesus and understanding how God has shaped us. He has made us family, uh, to value family, grace, diversity, authenticity and advancements. It's probably the time for a, uh, for a new look. And this doesn't mean that we're changing our name or, or anything like that. We're proud to be the Baptist Church in, in Brackenridge. Uh, this is who we are. And I just want to let you know this is our new logo for the, for the future. It doesn't mean anything um, in, in a deep way, but it is time for us to, um, to have a new look along with understanding the mission that God has given us. And I am excited about how the way uh, that God has been at work through us during this year and the way that God will be at work in us in the future. Um, and I just think it would be great if I could invite the team up right now. I would love to pray for us and, uh, and then we're just going to sing about the faithfulness of God, how he's been faithful to us through all things. So can you just stand with me and let's, uh, let's sing together. Thanks, great God, and how you have been working through your people for for all time. We see how you have worked in Scripture, even at the very creation of the world, and you haven't stopped working from that point. And we know that you are at work in our midst. We thank you for how you have been at work over this year. Through the things that we have done through our church. But also through the ways that you have been at work through the people who are part of your church here. And God, we do want to say thank you for for how you will continue to work. Would you exceed our expectations in what you are able to do? And we do ask that those words of people experiencing life, freedom and hope will become a reality in our lives. But we won't just hold on to it ourselves. We will share that with those we come into contact with. We don't want to do any of this for our own namesake or for the glory of our church's name or for any particular person. We want to do this so that people will acknowledge and realize that Jesus Christ is Lord and King and worthy of all praise and honor. 
So we do that right now as your, your people. We give your praise and thanks and honour for all that you have done and all that you're going to do. King Jesus, will you be the one who is on our lips as we continue this journey together, but also as we go out and, and try and live this out in our everyday lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.